Five Tishrei. Hey Tishrei. Tzadik. His life. Seven. One ten. The second incident concerned fish in a river by the side of which the Rebbe used to walk. He wanted that the fish should swim up to his hand without a net, and so it came about. I am not sure about the third incident, but I think it was connected with his wanting to see the soul of a dead person. He prayed to God fervently about this, and it came about. Suddenly, a certain dead person came to him while he was lying in the room he had in his father-in-law's house. The Rebbe was terrified, because it was the first time he had seen a dead soul with his own eyes. For he was then only quite young, and besides, he said afterward that this particular dead person had been an evildoer. That is why he was so terrified and panic-stricken. He started screaming and shouting, and the people in the house came running and tried to get into his room, but they could not enter because the Rebbe had previously closed the door from the inside. They had to find another way to get in. I do not remember if the Rebbe said they broke down the wall or they entered from the roof in order to get into his room. Only afterward did he calm down. He said it was because the dead person in question had been an evildoer that he was so terrified. Subsequently, he saw any number of dead souls and he was never afraid, especially not in the latter period of his life, when he became the master of the field and thousands upon thousands of souls came to him for their tikkun. For he made special efforts to work to make a tikkun for the souls of the dead and the naked souls which had so far not entered a body at all. Another story the Rebbe told is how once, when he was poor, he had nothing to eat for the evening. He was in the meadows, as usual, when he found some grits wrapped up in a scarf. He took them home to cook. From what he said, this was as precious to him as finding great spoil, Psalms 119.162, because he had trusted in God, and God had provided him with his needs even in the middle of a field. I heard him say that he knew the meaning of trust. Even if he were living in the middle of the open country, he would have trust that God would provide him with what he needed. He said that there was a level of trust which was even harder to attain, namely, when the true tzaddik holds on to money without distributing it immediately. He also told me that he had received 300 gold coins as a marriage gift, and he lived off them until they were all used up. It was after this that the episode mentioned above took place, when he had no money. But at first, when he had the money, he did not think about the future at all. He carried on with his devotions and lived off the money. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, His Praises, 10 The main way the Rebbe attained what he did was simply through prayer and supplication before God. He was very consistent in this. He would beg and plead in every way possible, asking that God have mercy and make him worthy of true devotion and closeness. What helped him most were his prayers in the language he usually spoke, which was Yiddish. He would find a secluded place and set it aside to express his thoughts to God. Speaking in his own language, he would beg and plead before God. He would make use of all sorts of arguments and logic, crying that it was fitting that God draw him close and help him in his devotion. He kept this up constantly, spending days and years engaged in such prayer. His father's house had a small garret that was partitioned off as a storehouse for hay and feed. Here he would hide himself, chanting the psalms and screaming quietly, 
begging God to make him worthy of drawing himself close to him. Besides this, the Rebbe made use of every published prayer he could find. He went through all the books of prayers available, and there was not a prayer that he did not repeat countless times. He recited them all, the Psalms, the Shari Tzion, and the prayers printed in the large Sidurim. He poured out his heart in every possible prayer and supplication, even those printed in Yiddish for women. Not a single one was omitted. The Rebbe also had the custom of reciting all the supplications following each day's mamadot. He would say the prayers for all seven days of the week at one time. He also had the practice of chanting only the verses and psalms that speak of prayer and the cry to God. He would go through the entire book of psalms in one stretch, saying only these verses and leaving out the rest. Beyond all this, the main thing was his own prayers emanating from his heart in his own language. He would pray and argue before God, making up petitions and arguments as he went along. He would beg and plead that God make him worthy of true devotion. Prayers such as these helped the Rebbe achieve his greatness. We heard this explicitly from the Rebbe's own holy lips. The Aleph Bet Book Truth A. 39 a person who guards himself from falsehood is always victorious. 40. It is permissible to alter the truth in order to save oneself from harm. 41. A person who is fond of falsehood will disgrace the tzaddik and will himself be shamed. 42. One who speaks falsely perishes. 43. Truth saves a person from slander. By telling the truth, his prayers are accepted. And when judged on high, he will be judged according to his merits. 44. A person can tell from his dreams whether his heart is true with his God. 45. A person who keeps his word can accomplish great things. 46. One who has no haughtiness is saved from lies. 47. Whoever guards against frivolity is clearly a person of truth. Kitzer Likutei Moharan 1, Lesson number 2, 6. If a person engages in much prayer and conversation with God for many years, and nonetheless sees for himself that he is still very far from God, and it seems to him that God, so to speak, is hiding his face from him, God forbid, he should not make the mistake, God forbid, of thinking that God does not hear his prayers and conversations with him at all. Rather, he should believe with perfect faith that God hears, listens, and pays attention to every single word of every prayer, request, and conversation. Not a single word is lost, God forbid. To the contrary, each and every word is slowly making an impression on high and is arousing God's compassion every time. It is just that the building of holiness which he needs to enter is not yet finished. After many days and many years, if he will not be a fool and will not become discouraged in any way, if he summons his strength, fortifies himself, and strives in prayer more and more, then, through his many prayers, God's compassion will be awakened until he turns to him and shines his face upon him and fulfills his desire and his will through the power of the true tzaddikim and brings him close to him with great compassion and mercy. 7. It is not proper to think about receiving reward for anything, 
for all of our good deeds and prayers are given to us by God. Therefore, even if a person occasionally merits some salvation and they draw a little bit closer to holiness, etc., he should not think that he merited this as a result of his own Torah study, prayers, and good deeds. For everything is from God, and were it not for God's great kindness, he would already have drowned, God forbid, in what he would have drowned in. May God save us. 8. The essence of the evil inclination is the urge for sexual transgression. This is the primary source of spiritual pollution. Therefore, one must know that the main test for every person in this world is his struggle with this desire. Fortunate is he who merits to win the war. 9. The great tzaddik of the generation is associated with the concept of the greater luminary. He shines to and illuminates prayer, which is the concept of the lesser luminary. Rabbi Nachman's stories, The Lost Princess She then began to complain to him. He had spent so much effort and great toil for many years to free her. But then on the very day that he would have been able to free her, the opportunity was lost. She wept very much. It is a very great pity, both on him and on me. I have been here such a very long time and I cannot leave. She then, she then took the kerchief from her head and wrote on it with her tears, leaving it next to him. She then got up, sat in her chariot, and left. When the viceroy woke up, he asked his servant, Where in the world am I? The servant told him everything that had happened. He told him that many troops had passed by, and that a chariot had come. A woman had wept over him, and had lamented that it is a great pity both on him and on her. The viceroy then noticed the kerchief lying next to him, Where did this come from? he asked. The servant replied that the woman had written on it with tears. The viceroy took it and held it up to the sun. He began to see the letters and could read what was written on it. It contained all her lamentations and grief. He also read that she was no longer in the castle. He must now search for a golden mountain and a pearl castle, and there you will find me. Restore my soul. Lakuti Moharan, 6. This often leads to great confusion in the minds of honest people who have truly worked hard on themselves. Suddenly they find all these old desires, confusions, and obstacles rising up against them. They start thinking that they must have fallen from their level because before this they had rest from all these desires and confusions. They lay dormant. Now that they have reappeared, These people come to think they must have fallen down, but this is no fall. What is happening is that the time had come for them to advance from one level to the next, each in his own way. This is why all the desires and confusions and obstacles, all the crookedness in the heart, are stirred up against them with fresh force. Each time this happens, you must fortify yourself and refuse to lose heart. Strengthen yourself against these forces and break them anew. Lakute Moharan 1.25 7. The best thing to do when this happens is to give charity to people who are in genuine need. The true greatness of the Creator is revealed through charity that is given to honest people who are in genuine need. It is through this that the Holy One, blessed be He, is magnified and glorified. Then it becomes possible to crush the klipot, 
the obstacles and confusions that lurk at each and every level. Lukutei Moharan 1, 25 Reb Nussin's Letters, Year 1 Letter number 3 With God's help, to my honored and distinguished friend Reb Naftali, may his light shine. I have heard the latest report that you are having trouble with your eyes, and I will be sure to pray for you. Learn from this how important it is to stay away from doctors. I have already prepared your prescription, and these are its basic ingredients. 1. No medical treatments. 2. No medical treatments. 3. No medical treatments, and be sure to go to the mikvah. May God have mercy on you and send you a full and speedy recovery from heaven. I have yet to receive any letter from my son Yitzchak, may he live, and I wait expectantly to hear good tidings from him. Besides this, I have no news. Nothing the same. I have some further news for you. You should know that there is indeed a God controlling the world, in the heavens above and on the earth below. He lives and endures forever. May his name be eternally praised. Material gain is absolutely worthless. Even though most of the world are denizens of the land of wealth, see Rabbi Nachman's stories number 12, who mock words such as mine, they do have the freedom to choose as they have to take on the yoke of Gehenna in this world, besides what they will face on Judgment Day. In the end, they will return to us, and we will not return to them. King David has already said, Do not fear if a man gains riches, for when he dies... He will take nothing. His status will not go down with him. Psalms 49, verses 17 to 18. If they mock this, they will eat their words. One who relies on one's wealth is leaning on a broken staff. They rely on chariots and horses, but we will call in the name of our God. Psalms 20, 8. For there is no refuge from the afflictions of this world, from the troubles which fill each and every home, except for God and the Torah. I have discussed this extensively in the past, but it must be repeated daily. Man was born to suffer. Happy is he who suffers for the Torah. Sofrim 15.8 As for what you wrote, that no matter what, we must only hope. True it is, and right and firm and steady and enduring. Fortunate are you if you really fulfill this. Reb Nussin's Letters, Year 2, Letter number 233 with thanks to God, Sunday, Vayetze, 5597. Greetings to my dear beloved son, the distinguished Rabbi Yitzchak, may he live. I received your letter on Tuesday, Torah reading Chayisara, and I reread it again today. How I enjoyed the sweet pleasantness of your words, which came straight from the heart. I have nothing to respond right now, but your enormous desire for my letters compels me to fulfill your request. You already wrote in your letter concerning the matter that I presently have in mind, a little of which you heard from Reb David. It relates to rejuvenation and renewal, hitchadshut, how entirely new phenomena are coming into being every hour of every day. I have more than this in my heart, and through the wondrous kindness of God, who in His goodness renews the creation every day, I have already written about this. It is all contained in what the Rebbe of blessed memory warned us in a booming voice when he admonished us that it is, it is forbidden to become old. Rabbi Nachman's Wisdom, number 51. With this, he aroused us to pay attention to the words of the sages who gave us a similar admonition on the chapter containing Shema Yisrael on the verse, And these words which I am commanding you today, 
Deuteronomy 6, 6. They warn us there to view them, the words of the Torah, as new every day, as is explained on the verse in Rashi's commentary. Likewise, on the verse, Today you became a people to the Lord your God, Deuteronomy 27, 9, Rashi comments, Consider it as if you entered into the covenant with him today. With this, the sages have indicated to us that wherever the Torah writes God, in the context of an exhortation to uphold the Torah and the commandments, it means that we should feel as if we were commanded anew today. This is a very great admonition, and it is necessary to recall it constantly, every hour of every day. For every hour, wondrous new things are coming into being, not to mention every day, week, or month, and certainly every year in Shemitah, seven-year period. You may have heard what I said recently on the verse, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations 3.23 Namely, a person's mental faculties are renewed every day. I said, through God's kindness, that even if a person does not merit to see and comprehend the enormous wonder of this daily renewal, he needs to believe with abundant faith that certainly wondrous new things are created daily. As it is written, he creates daily new things. This is the meaning of they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. A person must have great faith to believe that every morning, every day, God brings about many new things, as in, they are new every morning. Understand this. Shemot HaTzadikim Nesim Shehenchilu Haaretz Yisrael, The tribal chiefs who were charged with dividing the land when the Jews entered. Kalev ben Yifuna, Shmuel ben Amihud, Elidad ben Kislon, Buki ben Yagli, Chaniel ben Ephod, Kemuel ben Shiftan, Elitzafan ben Parnach, Paltiel ben Azan, Achihud ben Shalomi, Pedahel ben Amihud. Shoftim, Atniel ben Kenaz, Ehud ben Gera, Shamgar ben Anat, Devorah Hanavia, Barak ben Avinoam, Gidon ben Yoash, Tola ben Pua, Yair Hagiladi, Yiftach, Ivzan, Elon Hazivloni, Avdon ben Hillel Hapiratoni, Shimshon ben Manoach, Eli Hakohen, Shmuel ben Elkana ben Yerocham ben Elihu ben Tohu ben Suf, Chana Hanavia. Ribnasan's Prayers 1, Prayer number 4. Please, Hashem, pardon us and save us from destruction. Come after your scattered flock, for there is no one to gather us together. You yourself draw us close in your abundant love and mercy. I am fully aware that after the terrible things I have done, I am not worthy of coming close to you. My actions have been despicable and my thoughts appalling. I have done the same bad things time after time. I have repeatedly promised you that I would not go back to my wrongdoing or make you angry ever again, but I have not been able to keep my promises for even a short time. I have always been quick to go back to my bad ways. This has happened time and time again. How can I dare come before you and try to placate you? But we know, Hashem, that your thoughts are way above our thoughts and the power and depth of your love and mercy are far beyond the grasp of our minds. It is impossible to apprehend the awesome heights of your love and mercy. The mercies of Hashem will never be exhausted, nor will His love ever come to an end. As long as there is life, there is hope. 
you return man to the dust. Up until the moment when life itself is crushed into dust, sinners are received. I have trust in your great love, and I will rely on your mercy. I know that you will not abandon me. You alone know the true extent of the damage I have done. It is impossible for me to begin to understand even the tiniest fraction of the damage caused by my sins. I am still not fully aware of who it is that I have sinned and rebelled against, because my sins have caused your exaltedness to be concealed from me. You alone know what I have done and the damage I have caused, what, how much, and against whom. For no one knows anything of you except for you alone. Blessed is your name forever. In spite of all this, the power of your love and mercy will overcome everything. You know our nature and our inclinations, and your desire is to show mercy. For you do not wish for the death of the sinner, but that he should turn from his ways and live. You wait for him until the day of his death, and if he repents, you receive him immediately. I have therefore come before you, Hashem, my God, and God of my fathers, with a crushed heart and humble spirit, to beg you to take pity on me and on all of your people, the house of Israel. Send us true tzaddikim who will have the power to heal us and bring us to complete teshuva, to restore our souls and bring atonement for our sins. Overcoming Evil Instincts and Depression In your kindness and mercy, grant me that I should draw close to true tzaddikim and see the radiant light of their faces, so as to save my soul from the thorns and pits of evil desires, depression, laziness, and their offshoots. By seeing the radiant faces of true tzaddikim and drawing close to them, my soul will be saved from these bad traits. With your loving help, I will be able to overcome and remove all material lust from myself. I will have no desire for anything in the world besides you, and all my learning Longing, yearning, will, and desire will be focused on you and your service. I will serve you industriously and energetically, and I will be happy and positive at all times. I will rid myself of laziness and depression forever. I will rejoice in you and serve Hashem with joy and good-heartedness at the abundance of everything, and always be happy. Malicious Talk and Pride Grant also that I should be able to give charity to true tzaddikim, so as to be saved from wild beasts and robbers, malicious slander, worthless pursuits, pride, and their offshoots. Hashem, loving God, when I speak, help me talk in such a way that everything I say will only be for the sake of your name and your service. Let me never engage in idle talk. Let all my words be words of Torah, service of God, and awe of heaven. In particular, Save me and all your people, the house of Israel, from the sin of malicious slander and tail-bearing, which is serious in the extreme. Let me never say a single bad word about any Jew in the entire world. My God, guard my tongue from evil and my lips from speaking slyly. Save me from slander and tail-bearing and anything which has even the faintest odor of them from now on and forever. Grant that I should be able to attain true humility and let my soul be like dust to all. Let me know my own lowliness. Save me from anger. Let me never get angry about anything. Save me from impatience. Erase all anger and irritability from my heart. Let me make your divine qualities the model for all my behavior. And let me be well disposed to all. To those that curse me, let my soul be silent. 
Save me from poverty and need, and send me my livelihood in abundance even before I need it, through honest, honorable, and easy means. Grant all my needs from your ever-open, ample hand, so that I can genuinely do your will all the days of my life, from now and forever.